We'll just right. give a little bit more time for uh, getting Marcin, Jaden, Aaron, if you want to come up, feel free. I'm going to share this out that we're live. All right. It does seem like we have mostly most of the squad up here. We're probably going to wait maybe like two more minutes and then um, we can get started. In the meantime, what do you guys want to, Jen, what do you want to chat about? What's, what's on your mind right now? I heard that, I heard from a little birdie, mind you, that we've got a, a someone by the name of B Fan here who's looking to, uh, <laughs> to explain a little bit more about what he's been working on, which I am really fired up about. It's just pretty fascinating overall what B's been working on. He's the... Uh... These is is chief of anything cross chain outposts AI reg frameworks. He's the man when it comes to a lot of things. So I'm pretty excited for uh, for what you've been up to. D, if you want to kind of kick it off, um, actually before we do that, I'll I'll get everything together with what we've been up to for the last week. So um, thanks for coming to the town hall. First and foremost, uh, we're going to chat about all things Jekyll all things deep in, all things AI, specifically in the Cosmos ecosystem and, and how we plan to kind of expand outside the Cosmos ecosystem as well. Um, usually what we do is we kind of go around the horn of everything that we've been really focusing on over the last week. So uh, myself on the BD front, it's kind of been a lot of stuff regarding branding and messaging and, and that kind of things on my end, which has been pretty interesting and uh, other things that kind of happened this week specifically is we launched a job working group uh, where it's kind of a little bit more of a community-led initiative where we have a lot of feedback so we can get really fast build measure and feedback loops going uh, we have a direct line of communication between like jackal power users and the developers so we can kind of really make sure that we accelerate our development times and uh, really have easy access for for everyone in the community directly to us um outside of that there is other things kind of going on. Jaden, what's been kind of going on in your world? Yeah, as, as Patrick kind of teased out, um, what we've been working on, especially today, is is we've been, we went through a, a bit of a branding workshop um, a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was just last week. Time kind of flies. But uh, the interesting part about really flushing this out is our idea is we can have universal language in and around Jackal. So anything and everything, doesn't matter if B is talking about Jackal, doesn't matter if Patrick's filling out a form about Jackal, it doesn't matter if I'm in a conversation just in passing talking about Jackal. Um, ideally, if we complete this brand workshop uh, as well as we want to, there's going to be no guesswork with how we're explaining Jackal. 
everything is going to be synced up. Everything is going to be on the same page. Um, and I think that's going to allow us to really just kind of agree on how we want to position Jackal and explain Jackal and allow everybody to use the exact same language that we're using. Which and is that, really cool. super important, super important. When you have like such like Jackal's like a deep tech startup, right? Where there's all these different dimensions of everything that's going on and it takes a really long time to explain it. And just trying to find a way that we can seamlessly just distill it down into something that's perfect is is really what we're trying to focus on and no we, we've talked with actually coney daddy's here so we we've uh we, we chatted with him a ton of times about like kind of this whole messaging thing and how we can kind of make it a little bit easier and more seamless and and digestible is probably a good word to use um before we kind of let b have the floor here and talk about all things deep end and ai um i'm gonna kind of throw it over to marston and marston i would love to kind of get like a little bit of a um, recap of what you're kind of focusing on on v4 and how we split it into two upgrades so we can kind of get all like the 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 best stuff that we have that's ready on chain right away so people can have a better experience sure yeah can you guys hear me all right yes sir perfect um yeah so i mean v4 we talk about it so much but uh kind of leading into this like AI cross-chain narrative, um, V4 becomes really, really important because it provides so many like UX and speed improvements to the protocol that we're going to want when we go cross-chain. I mean, like there's no reason to not have kind of that, the best user experience possible when going cross-chain. And so with V4, we're really focusing on that UX and that speed to make sure that the experience, even across chains, is as good as it would be working on Jackal directly or uh, even better than what's currently running on mainnet right now. So kind of V4 splits into two pieces. Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier, the UX and then the speed of the protocol. The speed of the protocol is more focused on like fleshing out kind of block timing and um, kind of the way that the system handles proving files, kind of offsetting those and staggering them in a way that makes it so that they're not all being proven in the same times. So that reduces a lot of the load on both the network itself, all of the storage nodes and everything, uh, sorry, RPC nodes and all that, but it also reduces a lot of the load on the storage providers themselves because they're not fighting to be included in blocks nearly as much as they normally would be. And so that first half, that's technically not V4 anymore. Um, we're aiming to launch it as V3.2, which means that it will feel exactly the same as V3. Um, all of the external APIs for developers and everything stay exactly the same. But some of the internals change a little bit, and it makes it a much more efficient system, which is really exciting. And then moving into V4, um, that's kind of the second half of that upgrade, we focus a lot on UX. So what I mean by that is kind of how it feels for users when they post files. And currently what we're working with is the user goes to a dashboard or uses an API of some kind or uses a Jackal client library like Jackal.js. And uh, what they do is they create their file deal, 
they send the file over to the storage provider and then they use kind of some of that information that they have from the file and the information that the storage provider sends back to them after it's finished processing the file. And then they can go and actually like sign off on that deal on chain. Problem with this is you have to wait for that file to finish processing on the storage provider's machine. So for smaller files, it works fine. Um, you don't really notice it too much um, because you're, you know, the uploads are faster than block time. So you're not even really realizing that it's happening. But once you start getting into larger files, um, you have to wait until they're done processing and that can take a little while. So what we're doing is kind of switching that where the user has to do a little bit of processing on the file on their end. So, you know, it uses a little more resources in the client. Um, but what it does do for us is it allows us to sign off on the storage deal before that file ever makes it to a storage provider, which means that you can sign off on your wallet instantly. And then, uh, you know, your file gets uploaded. And from there, you can leave your computer, you can walk away as long as you keep your computer on so that that network connection is going. You don't have to watch it anymore. You don't have to sit around and wait for the file to be done processing to sign off because you've already signed off. Um, what that lets you do is it lets you kind of create a lot more file uploads simultaneously. Right now, we have a kind of a queue system in the dashboard where if you upload like 100 files, you know, you're you're going to upload 10 files and then you're going to sign off on all of them once they're done. And then the next 10, you're going to sign off on those because you can't really send out enough files at the same time without slowing down your network like crazy. So what that means is you have to sit at your computer and sign off and then sign off and then sign off over and over and over again until all your files are uploaded. Um, obviously, this is kind of an edge case. So not a lot of people currently are uploading like tons and tons of files, but uh, we'd like that to be more accessible. And so what we can do is behind the scenes, you sign off on all of the files right off the bat, and then your client manages all this for you and then ships them out in batches. But because they're all already signed for, it doesn't matter that you know they're taking longer than others here and there because they're all already paid for. And the storage providers will happily accept those shortly after. And then uh, you won't even feel like your time is being used up because you can just toss them to the network and then uh, you're good to go. So those types of optimizations are, are really important for kind of the general user experience of the protocol, but uh, also going cross chain that, uh, you know, we're, we're adding some block time between, you know, communicating with one network to the other. And that block time, you know, it's usually only like six seconds, but um, when dealing with file uploads, you know, six seconds can feel like a long time. And we'd really like to get the signature done and start committing before your file goes up so that you're not waiting for the file, waiting for the file, and then adding six seconds on top of it, you're kind of just good to go straight out of the gate, which is uh, a really exciting improvement, in my opinion. Of course, of course. It's uh, it's kind of one of those things of just like kind of making sure that we increase the user experience because it's really important that if you have like a really large file, let's say you have a terabyte file, just massive, 
the the UX right now, the way that we have to do it is like you put your file, you upload it to Jackal, and then you sit there and then you have to wait for the Kepler pop-up to happen. So you have to kind of be there for the entire time. As soon as it's ready to upload, you have to click accept and uh, on your wallet. And the issue with that is, is that you don't really know when that terabyte is going to finish uploading and you have to sign it within a certain amount of time or else the blocks timeout. Um, so making sure that we can kind of make that user experience better, super important. And I'm excited for that too, which is a, which is an interesting. Is that in like part one or part two of the V4, Marston? That's going to be part two. Mm -hmm. That's the one that I'm really excited about personally, but uh, for part one, I'm really excited about that one as well. Uh, cool. Going into what's next, B. So just kind of, I'll give B a little intro here. I'll, I'll pump him up a little bit for the for this little talk. B is the man when it comes to everything interchain at Jackal Labs and also everything AI. So integrating with rag frameworks or creating rag frameworks, so integrating with AI projects, whether it's Morpheus or looking into integrations with Tau and things along those lines. It's all B. And uh, B's a really interesting guy. He's a really smart guy. And uh, B, I'm going to give you the floor whether you want to talk about Outpost first or AI first. It's really up to you. I can't hear you right now, B, if you're chatting. Or is that just me? No, it's not just you. Mr. B, you might have to drop down and then come back up. Well, that's good. That being said, what do you want to talk about? Jaden, you're now in charge of filling me the space until B gets back up here. So uh, tell us about your life. What are you excited about the Toronto Maple Leafs right now? Could you imagine, though, working at a tech company and having technical difficulties on a Twitter space? Womp womp. It's a classic. It's a classic. That's not on us. It's on Elon this time. Yeah, we got to blame Elon for sure. Um, I don't know if you want me to get into that bag of worms, brother. The the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think it's a good idea. Why? Because they're so bad. Yeah, I am. I am uh, one of the most passionate fans on the planet, and uh, all I've known is pain. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's just what else is new? But like, then you wouldn't be that great of a sales guy. Yeah, I think it's a leg up for sure. My relationship with failure is unlike any other. <laughs> <laughs> Jackal Labs, the most resilient, the most resilient blockchain development company, purely because of the fact that uh, Jane DeGenis likes the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, that's off to you, brother. Yeah, you're not any better though. You're not any better with the team that you cheer for. The Ottawa Senators, you mean yeah. the best team in the entire league that we've had like four cut runs in my entire life? Man, top yeah, 10. If they were in the AHL, they might be the best. Yeah, they're like a top three team in the league. <laughs> Wrong league. It's, it's not about where the puck is, it's about where the puck's going. And you guys are too focused on where the puck is at every given moment. And you spend all your money. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm a big supporter and cheerleader of yours. This is one of those things that we, we are just not going to agree on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have B back. Mr. B? Um, yeah. Guys, can you hear me? Um, yeah? I can hear you perfect. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. I was, it was working fine on desktop, and when I started speaking, it just stopped working. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, guys, um, that was too kind of you, Patrick. Thank you so much. Um, hey, I think for you, uh, for everyone that doesn't know me. Sorry? Can you hear him, Marcin? No, I can't hear him. Oh, no. Can everyone else? Yeah, 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 we can hear him. 
Okay, well, can someone can, someone in the chat, Eric, give us a thumbs up if you can hear B. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh Lord. What? Give oh us, no. Give us a thumbs down if you can't hear B. Okay, Bella can hear you. Bella can hear me. Okay, that's okay, good. We're good. We're good. Okay, thumbs uh, up sorry. Thumbs up. Sorry, Martin. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, one of the core protocol engineers here at Jackal Labs. Um, my background is computer engineering, and uh, we made some massive updates this week. Uh, massive, um, yeah, movements this week with the cross-chain stuff, but. I really want to talk to you guys uh, finally, kind of unleashing from stealth here about our research with AI. So around May last year, we've been following the developments really, really heavily. And there's about three key markets that are really blowing up right now. So of course there's training a transformer from, from scratch, like a language model from scratch. There's um, fine tuning a language model. Um, taking a foundational model and then um, uh, training it with additional data and what you get is 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 a model that's really bespoke to do just one specific task. And then this RAG, which everyone is very excited about. Um, Microsoft is hyped about some big players just come to the, came to the space like mid last year. Um, it stands for retrieval augmented generation. And today I want to talk about the differences between fine tuning uh, a foundational model and retrieval augmented generation business use cases and how Jackal fits into the entire framework. So with fine tuning, like I said, you take a model, um, there are APIs and frameworks like Hugging Faces and API, uh, you can do it yourself. Um, OpenAI has an API for ingesting it with additional data. And ultimately what you get back is a, a brand new model that can do a very, very specific task for your business. Now, it's very tech heavy. You need a lot of expertise for this and you need to understand the transformer architecture quite well. Certainly not scalable for the general public. Um, and <laughs> there's actually quite a lot of players in the space right now. The space is flooded with uh, companies that are, allow people to easily uh, train foundational models for their own specific use case. Of course, all of these, all of these companies are centralized, right? So the, the, the training data, um, the model, hosting the model, working with the model, it's all done through their centralized servers. And what's more scalable is a really exciting uh, framework called RHE, Retrieval Automated Generation. It doesn't involve training a model at all. So what happens is, let's say you have a really, really small application. So let's, let's say you're, you're a company that sells uh, baby formula, right? And uh, you kind of want to get insights to um, which among all, all, all of your consumers, which months sell the best uh, to which locations and uh, how, how old are these, uh, how old are your consumers and uh, kind of where should you be marketing to? And you, you want to get insights on this, right? And you don't have a whole lot of data. You've, you've only got about, I don't know, like a hundred, a hundred pages worth of client information. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna expense a developer to, to fine tune a foundational model to um, to ingest this data and come up with a brand new model and then develop a smart agent framework on top of that and then slap a UX on top of that. No, you're not gonna do that. What you need is RAG. So how RAG works is um, it's a very lightweight framework, and there are two two major players in the space: Llama Index and Lang Chang. I'll talk about them later. But how it works is <clears throat> you take your documents, and these documents are split into arrays. Um, more technically, they're called vectors, and I'm gonna be referring to these, these lists 
um, as, as arrays, these arrays as vectors going forward. So these documents are, are, are put into vectors of numbers, purely numerical representations. Um, and then they're embedded into a database, what's called a vector database. Um, there are some open source uh, options like uh, Chroma DB and some, some more centralized options like Weaviate and, and Pinecone. And what happens is uh, when a user, when you have a question and you want to get some insights over this data, um, you, you, of course, ingest the documents into a vector database. And then what happens is you, sorry, one second, my screen just shut off. What happens is you make a call to a foundational model, like let's say, let's take Falcon B or, or GPT-4 that's already been trained on like gener generic worldwide data. You make a call to the foundational model and it will traverse the vector database to find that specific piece that is the, the, that's most likely to give you the best answer for your question. Now, this is a lot easier than fine tuning. Um, there are some really easy lightweight frameworks like Llama Index. And so what the guys over at Llama Index are doing is they're developing a easy to use toolkit slash framework, whatever you want to call it, for businesses to develop these RAG applications, right? Uh, back to the audience. Okay. So there are, there are small companies that are, um, sorry, wait, where was I? Um, someone pinged me. <laughs> um, yeah. So Llama Index. Okay. So ping me again. Okay. Llama Index. Um, where was I? Yeah. Llama Index. They're developing lightweight frameworks for small businesses to um, develop. Uh, smart agents. So anytime you hear um, people talk about applications built on top of language models, they, they, they commonly refer to them as, as smart agents. And Llama Index and other RAG frameworks, they're really easy to use and they're really scalable. But what it means for us, what it means for Jackal, finally our protocol, is it kind of opens us up to creating completely private smart agents. So it's... Uh, it's quite difficult to develop um, a vector database from scratch, but there are open source solutions for vector. There are open source um, offerings for vector databases like Chroma DB. And what this allows us potentially, and I, I want to stress that, you know, we're at the discovery prototyping phase is the, the opportunity for private smart agents. So we can integrate with open source Chroma DB, for example, and our users could have an agent that um, that creates a vector database, use a vector database using Chroma DB, and with the Web three private public key pair, uh, we can encrypt that vector database, store that on the Jackal protocol, um, and then retrieve it when it's needed to be used. How does that make us different from everyone else? Well, right now the, the leaders in Vector databases and RAG are Pinecone and Weaviate, and those guys are completely centralized and self-custodial, right? Um, not sorry, not self-custodial. They're completely centralized and they, they they own your data. What we can allow is is, is users to to have a smart agent that uh, works with their data, but that data, which ultimately becomes a vector database, is completely encrypted with with their private key, private slash public key pair, and only they have access to their smart agent and all the knowledge that they, they, they give to their smart agent never is never uh, given or exposed to any third party providers. Um, you know what? I, I feel like I've, I've talked quite a lot. It's very, very nerdy. Yeah. But, um, 
Uh, Patrick, do you want to interrupt me for a second and kind of like let, yeah. let me breathe and ask questions? <laughs> I, want, I want to ask you a few questions myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, there's there's few things that you said that, that are really interesting, and I just want you to. I'm going to try to bring it back down and just ask some general questions to make sure I heard you correctly. So number one, there's kind of three ways to train these AI models, right? So number one is uh, you build your own foundational model, super expensive, I'm sure. Number two is you can fine tune a model where you ask like an open AI to make a model that knows your data. But like last time I heard that's like $5 million or something like that to get that done. Super expensive, right? And then there's this third way that you're talking about. And this is something that we're trying to do where we get involved with something called RAG, where you kind of hack the AI to know your data without having to go the way, like the, the long way around by like fine tuning entire model or like building an entire foundational model, which just sounds crazy if you're like a small shop. So that was like the first thing. Do, am I, am I on the right track here? Yeah. yeah that, yes, you are. Keep going. <laughs> awesome. it. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is kind of the fact around like decentralization, centralization, choke points of failure, kind of supply chain information attacks is a good one. But the, the other thing that's really important that you said, and this is my understanding and kind of where we slot in and how we can really help is the ability, if you are a, you run a company where you have a lot of legislation around data privacy because hacks are happening all the time. And it's really important for you to protect that information or you're a government that wants to have access to um, an AI that understands private information about citizens maybe, but you can't use open AI because the API will open up all that data to open AI, right? So you have all these kind of different things. So what, what I'm curious about is essentially what you're saying is Jackal kind of makes it a way so you can have this private self-custodial vector database that is all the private information from that company that you can kind of hack an AI to understand all your information for like on the cheap. Is that my understanding of, of what you're explaining here? That that's that's exactly it. Um that is exactly exactly it. So it's to just just to add on a little bit, it's like um not only could this this vector database so really the how it works is really simple. So Llama index is sort of the framework that orchestrates this whole process where if you have a question and you want to gain insights, everything is packed into this vector database. And you simply just have the foundational model use its compute power, its, its range essentially, and retrieve the relevant answer for you from the, the vector database. And this allows users via Jackal to have, to have private, sort of like a private chatbot, a private smart agent over their data that, that only they control. And it's encrypted with their private public key pair. And um, it's never fed to any other third-party providers and the, the the really the really great thing is that it's very it's very very early right now so reg ai you know this is this is sort of the first wave and i i believe regulation is, is struggling to keep up I, I believe it is struggling to keep up and right now you got you got you got guys um on discord essentially you know feeding their company data from azure um like feeding their their customers data that's hosted on azure and, and building reg apps with azure services and I'm not sure the regulation is quite catching up to, to, to the tech where should we allow people to kind of use their, their clients' private data for these applications? And 
at the end of the day, these, these, these large companies could say, you know, we, we promise that we, we will not sell your, your client's data or um, use it to, to feed it into our models for uh, marketing and, you know, um, for our own benefit. But there's a trust element to that, right? Uh, of course. Of so. course. Well, this is another thing because I know you have a little bit before you became like a crazy super coder, you were working in law. And the cool, interesting thing about, about law, right? And uh, I had someone from Deloitte reach out to me uh, who's a consultant for the federal government. I've also spoken with a lawyer where they're kind of like a big law firm in Canada here. And they both have the same issue, right? Where lawyers, for example, they have solicitor client privilege. And this is like the number one rule of law is, you know, of being a law firm is you have to protect the kind of solicitor client communications and privilege between the two parties to make sure it's all really, really tightly knit and make sure that no one has access to that information because um, it's you and your lawyer. It's super important. But at the same time, they want to leverage this new technology so they can have all of the productivity gains of AI. So I, I kind of see like, that's the one thing. And then on the flip side, obviously governments have talked about this a little bit earlier where it's specifically about the reason where they have protected, like they say they want to have an AI that references all the data, like the driver's licenses, for example, right? If they, someone's working at the government, they say, okay, I want to know like how many people here need to, like how many people in this city need to get their license renewed in X amount of time and just have an AI agent or an AI that can kind of interact with that and just kind of give really interesting insights. Um, it just makes everything more productive, but they're really, their hands are tied when it comes to legislation. So I think RAG's gonna be awesome for this, specifically private RAG. And that's something that I don't think anyone is doing right now other than you. <laughs> so that's kind of the, <laughs> the interesting thing there, right? But on the flip side, what do you think are going to be like the first early adopters of this? Obviously, like I think like maybe decentralized AI and like maybe specific industries, but like I want to, as you being the person building, it's one thing to build it, but like the next thing is like, who do you think is going to find value in this? And who do you think is going to like really want to use it? Yeah, are you talking about RAG? Like, uh, or like specifically, specifically private RAG? You well, know, I, 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 Let's talk about like Jackal's implementation. Um, but like we can, you can start, it's, it's your chat. You can, we can talk about RAG, then we can kind of niche down to where you think Jackal is going to land in this RAG game. Mm, mm -hmm, mm. I, what I really love, like, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm a total nerd and I, I know, I know everyone wants to make big bags, but I, I really care about uh, the small businesses, right? So as far as, this is the first thing I want to talk about. As far as this AI way, right? Um, uh, one of one of the close friends of mine. I have a close friend who's um an AI thought leader for a major polytechnic here in um in Canada. It's called Seneca College, and he was kind of giving. Uh, he he's sort of responsible for generative AI adoption for his uh, entire polytechnic, and he was giving a, a talk on GPT and how how to use it and how to prompt it. And uh, many of the professors literally said, "What's prompting?" <laughs> I thought, okay, well, if, if university professors don't even understand, like, how can the general public understand, right? So I think in, in, in order to have AI adoption, we need to kind of, we need to make it a lot easier. And we need to make it cheaper, very, very cheap. The fantastic thing about RAG is that 
it is cheap, right? So let's let's take fine tuning for example, right? So if you wanted to take a model and you wanted to ingest more data into it, you have you have open source wise, you have a major choice. So you use Hugging Faces APIs and you borrow compute from a major provider like Modal, M O D A L. Modal is a company that allows AI devs um, uh, GPU compute to do their foundational training, and they they just launched uh, from Stealth somewhere about late last year they just launched publicly about late last year very very tech heavy very expensive you're gonna have to pay a ton of whoever you are you're gonna have to pay quite a, a quite a heavy bag to have that to have that model and their agent that that's that knows about your own data with reg the guys at langchang and the guys at llama index and and i'm sure there's going to be more players right um they're building really really easy toolkits to develop for anyone really. So you could have one IT person for a medium sized company uh, to develop a LLM agent and, and uh, a smart agent over company data. So I, I care about like the, the medium businesses. So let's say you're, you're selling furniture, you're, you're selling eyelashes or you're, you're a nail salon and you kind of want to, you want to, to know where your marketing efforts should go or um, uh, such and such and such. So I, I would really love to see a future where AI is, is much more affordable for the medium business. But of course, of course, Microsoft last year, they, they just unleashed their um, Azure RAG retrieval augmented generation offering. So every single company that um, is storing data with Azure has access to this, this really quick toolkit to boot up smart agents over their data. And um, you can start talking about sentiment analysis for for stock traders. You can talk about teaching assistants. Um, literally anything. Uh, off back to you, Patrick. <laughs> I was rambling. No, it's cool. It's, it's really cool to hear about your friend. Um, that's that's a that's a really really interesting kind of position that he's in, and uh, it, it's it's just it brings me back to a thought that that I have when I was working um, in digital forensics, right. And it kind of reminds me of back when we were talking with judges and opposing counsel was, was you'd say something like, okay, like, well, the individual used the web, like a web browser to uh, search something or search up a specific account. And then the first question I get back is like, what is a web browser? And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're just like, yes. it's like Google. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Just kind of like we're in that stage. And a lot of people are going to stay in that stage for a really long time. But I'm excited for that. But the, the thing that, that I worry about of kind of like RAG frameworks with, with Azure or RAG framework or just like AI frameworks um, where you have kind of like the centralized cloud provider. Like right now, all the terms and conditions have changed so that they kind of have access to train over all of your data, um, which, which is, it, it's a question about like, is privacy like a fundamental human right? And what industries are going to be allowed by regulation to like use these things? Um, it, it's it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm excited to see it, it play out, but um, who do you think it would kind of want to use? So like with Jackal and AI, there's, there's the three things, the RAG frameworks, a lot of dev work. It's going to take us a bit to kind of get out like our MVP for that and continue to iterate it on it. It's probably going to be a little bit, but for other things associated with AI and like things that we're doing, um, we're looking to do with like Morpheus, for example, um, about like they're doing 
AI agents. And the thing about decentralized AI, which is super important of just having like sovereign AI that's like really bulletproof, having the ability for you to kind of have a memory with that AI for like chat history, right? So when you go back to the AI again, it can remember what was last chat that you had or other things where like you're storing model weights. So like, what are your thoughts about like that right now and like Jack with different integrations and how we can add value in that way outside array? Yeah, um, so fun fact, the both Jackal and Langchang and Llama Index are all included in the network topology of the Morpheus project. Um, super exciting. And I've actually reached out. Well, I think I think I had the first comment um, on their Discord um, uh, server, specifically the, the, the channel about smart agents and RAG. Um, so those guys, what they're trying to do is they're they're trying to to create a smart agent that can be prompted to use a, a, a Web3 wallet. So let's say, you know, make this transaction, um, buy this ETH or convert this ETH to Bitcoin or um, execute on this smart contract. And what they're struggling is, is what, what everyone is struggling with is it, it's all good to have an agent that, that is doing something in one certain session, but to be able to make the agent remember everything that you've told it so far and remember um, your specific wallet and um, everything essentially is, is really, really difficult. Um, the entire industry, the entire space is kind of struggling with that. If you guys look at like, uh, if you use ChatGPT and if, if you refresh or um, if, if you start a new conversation, it's not gonna remember, remember what you told it from a previous conversation, right? I would say it's definitely early days with persistent conversations, right? But I've sort of uh, around mid, mid last year, I, I reached out to the Llama Index guys and I started experimenting, right? I started using their low-level APIs and their, their, their docs and I, I DM'd their, their senior devs directly, specifically Logan, it's a great guy. These guys, would, these guys would respond to you within seconds, essentially. So there is a possibility that <clears throat> we could have an, an agent that has a, that has a let's, say, let, let's make it simple. Let's say we have a conversation about dogs, right? We can have an agent that is talking to us about dogs. And that conversation um, can be persisted to the Victor database, right? And so we stop talking to the agent. And then that Victor database is stored permanently on Jackal, encrypted, right? And let's say we come back to the agent, all right? We decrypt. We decrypt the Vic database, and then we start talking about cats, right? We don't delete any of the document vectors or anything from that previous vector database that was retrieved. We simply just add on information about cats. We add on the document vectors regarding cats, right? Um, and then we stop the session and we keep going. And then we add on information about, uh, I don't know, let's say lambs or puppies or uh, Pepe. <laughs> and then at the end of it, what we could have is a vector database that, that's storing our entire conversation. And the, the model itself won't know all of this stuff within the body, within its body, like within the, the transformer itself. But it can retrieve it from the vector database, right? And it can retrieve it very, very quickly. And uh, the, the Llama Index team have, have done a really good job doing really cool edge stuff to make retrieval times much faster. So 
very, very early days, very experimental, but you could, in essence, um, have long form conversations with your smart agent. Um, That's pretty cool. So like pretty much um, like Jackal would cure an AI agent, assuming everything goes perfectly, Jackal would cure an AI agent of dementia, basically. Jackal Protocol 2024, curing AI agents of dementia. Awesome. Uh, it's kind of like one of those things. Uh, I'm super excited about it overall, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting space. Everything's moving so fast. I'm just like excited to be here. At this point, it's uh, it's kind of I I can't imagine just kind of blockchains moving fast enough by itself, let alone just like layering on like this whole AI thing. Um, and I, what I'm really excited about is like having a meaningful impact as well, like by solving like an actual problem in that space, using like whether it's like data privacy or maintaining privacy uh, in vector databases that you're looking to integrate with the AI agent. It's uh. Yeah, it's meaningful impact. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Um, adding on to previously what I said, uh, there's actually a a, a a a a lot of research going on with with like long context. It's called memory GPT, where the uh, conversation and the context window can be remembered for for a very very long time. So there are active researchers working on this problem. It's super, super exciting. But ultimately here at Jackal Labs, we, we care about the user and we care about privacy, but we, we also care about just making sure that there's value added for the general public. So I, I, it's very early days for AI in general, but um, as far as the, when, as the regulation involves, I, I really want to see in three, four, five years, everyone having access to a smart agent over their data you know, whether it's with Jack or Will, whether it's with someone else, um, you know, a cheap smart agent that they can deploy quickly on premises and they can gain useful insights that will help their business, help their sales, um, help with everything, really. But uh, you know what? I There's only about 15 minutes left. And I do want to give the team, everyone, an update on our advancements with Crosschain because some really cool stuff happened this week. But um, before I do that, does anyone have any questions about uh, RAG or AI or anything? <laughs> Yeah, this is an open conversation. So if anyone wants to come up and ask a question, uh, we got the we got our gigabrains here. We we came uh, we, we we came a few men deep for this one. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to request. If not, be kick it off. Let's get into uh, let's get into that, and then I can cue questions on the background as they come. Cool, cool. Let's go ahead. Going once, going twice. <laughs> okay, sold, sold. Back of so, me. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Some of you guys might, some of you guys uh, may have seen uh, a couple of weeks ago. We made a gigantic breakthrough with our cross integrations. Uh, let me, let me, let me try and just kind of boil it down. So, we've been working really closely with um, the Interchain Foundation, uh, specifically a developer from the Interchain Foundation. He's a lead, like he's like a product engineer. His name is Serdar. Around last year deep in the the bear market and everyone was like sad boys <laughs> i was i was researching the, the the easiest way to get jackal storage natively onto every single cosmos blockchain and i reached out to a couple of senior guys reese from juno Serdar from the icf and he had this, this this contract that was very much um prototype and experimental and i said hey man i could take this to production and build it out for Jackal's use case. And it'll be the first ever um, custom use case for the IPC. And 
use Gung Ho. So a few weeks ago, what we did was um, within a Docker environment uh, across two foreign blockchains, so blockchain A, blockchain B, completely different, um, we were able to transmit one of file trees messages. Now this is um, one of file trees messages. This is our message. This is not a general Cosmos SDK message. We were able to transmit it across two blockchains. So the smart contract on chain A uh, created this message, transmitted it through the relayer, and the message was able to execute on, on the Jackal chain, on our chain, and create a file tree entry. And it was the first time that um, any protocol in the world had used um, IBC, specifically interchain accounts, for sending um, and executing general messages any message that is not a Cosmos SDK message. And this week we were actually featured on the IBC ecosystem blog. And the IBC team was, was gracious enough to also tweet about it, uh, tweet about our work as well. So we're super, super excited. And then all, all of a sudden coalescing at the same time, everybody wants to integrate. <laughs> so uh, this week uh, we, we, we had a grant proposal underway. I think, Patrick, uh, uh, grants are public, right? Let me ask you. I can share that information or, or no? Um, I don't know. Um, let's just say we're, we're looking to deploy our outposts onto multiple blockchains. Eventually, we're going to deploy it onto every blockchain uh, in the Cosmos ecosystem, whether they like it or not. But uh, essentially, I would just say that we're working on uh, grant applications to deploy outposts onto other chains to bring all the Jackal's functionality locally to all their developers and making them have the ability to build like full stack decentralized web applications. Um, that's essentially what I would say. I wouldn't like say who or what at this moment because everything's still in negotiation. Got it, got it. Oh well, yeah, well, you heard it from the man and uh, I'll give you guys a development update. We're, we're uh, currently, we just, we just hit, we just achieved the hardest milestone. So right now we're, we're getting the, the contract, the output contract into a state where it can easily integrate with Jackal.js, which is like kind of a, a JavaScript uh, uh, switchblade for everything web client to chain integration. And uh, everything's on schedule. So actually, admittedly, stage one of the outposts, which you guys can see on the roadmap, is, is a few weeks ahead of schedule. And um, yeah, everything's on schedule and everything is looking peachy. Yeah, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people grasp, right? It's like you look at a lot of people ask questions like, "What's the difference between Filecoin and uh, Filecoin and Jackal or Airweave and Jackal, for example?" This right here is if you were an IBC maxi, this is how IBC wins. This is how the app chain thesis wins of horizontal scalability, and this is really, really important for everyone to kind of grasp here. So. If you have, if you're Filecoin, for example, they're awesome. Awesome guys. We love the guys at Protocol Labs. We've spoken to them in length about a bunch of things in general and everything's open source, right? Same thing with the Airweave guys. They have to compete for developers against everyone. So they're competing with Ethereum. They're competing with every L2, Solana, Neutron, Terra, Archway, Juno, Agoric, everyone they're competing with for devs. Because if you want to leverage that storage layer, you have to build on their L1, basically, on their like proof of work L1 blockchain for storage. The thing, so that competition is really difficult because you're making a trade-off as a builder, right? So you have to, you have the options like, okay, I can get like truly decentralized data storage, 
but over there I won't have like liquidity or I won't have like a big NFT community or I won't have like a, a lot of perps traders or I won't have a lot of big community to launch like a social media application or I won't have a lot of users that would be by just building on another ecosystem that I would just natively get. So they have to compete with that. So what currently happens is a lot of builders, they say, actually, I'm going to go deploy on Solana and I'm going to like create like a centralized API or a choke point of failure for all of my data storage. That's the current state of the entire blockchain ecosystem when it comes to storage. The fascinating thing about what B is talking about here is we're changing the game. So instead of trying to compete and say, hey, you want to use Jackal? Well, you have to leave Archway and you have to come build on Jackal. You have to leave Solana and come build on Jackal. We're leveraging IBC in its first time it's ever been used like this, where you can go and deploy an outpost on those blockchains. So it's like an interchain storage layer where you don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to leave. It comes to you and you can access it with a simple smart contract call. This is game changer when it comes to just having a great developer experience where instead of focus, forcing yourself to just like have a centralized API or forcing yourself to leave the liquidity or leave the community and leave the users, you can stay exactly where you are and then you can have access to decentralized storage without any compromises. That's what B just built. He explained it in like a really like nerdy tech way, but that is literally what he just built. And it's really, really important for the entire Web3 ecosystem. And that's what we're excited about. And that's what we're working on our branding workshop so we can get that message across basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that, man. That was, that, that was actually way more digestible than the way I said it. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's really funny that you mentioned that because uh, we're, we're meeting with the sore chain guys tomorrow. Um, but um, when the when the IBC team published my blog article, um, I kind of painted to them, and I was like, "Yo, big deal!" And I gave them I gave them the the nerd shell, and it, it, even they, for them, it, it kind of glossed over what was just achieved. And then I ultimately just said, "Hey, you can use Jackal Storage on Sorchain natively. You don't got to do nothing." And then they were like, "Oh." Oh, that's oh, that's super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's, it's, almost like we, it's almost like if we have better marketing and explain things better, we actually do a better uh, job of getting uh, messages. But at the end of the day, that's what that's what you built, and it's really exciting. I'm excited to start deploying these outposts because this is how IBC wins at the end of the day, and uh, I'm excited. Badger James, what's up, dude? I haven't heard from you in a while. Hey, how's it going, guys? So. I was uh, participating in uh, a Twitter space a couple days ago with uh, the Ellis team and they had a demonstration on, uh, I don't know if anybody, if, if anyone's not familiar, they're doing a perpetual DEX. Uh, I think a lot of the rewards are supposed to be USDC based, but and there's a lot of really original stuff that they're doing. But one of the things that is among them is they've, uh, they just had a demonstration that was part of this spaces of uh, non, I, 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 I'm not sure how, exactly how to put it, but it was uh, sort of like a non-custodial on-ramp for people who are not as crypto savvy. And so it allowed the capability to uh, just generate a, an account using email and password. You could uh, use a social link, like uh, use my, my Facebook account, my Google account, my Twitter account, whatever, in order to create your wallet and uh i was wondering uh what what news we might have on some of that uh sort of 
uh, fiat on ramp or maybe even uh, talking to some of the Ellis guys and uh, collaboration in that uh, aspect. Cause I know that's would be very helpful for advancing pretty much everything we're doing. So uh, I'd love to hear the thoughts on that. Of course, of course. Um, I know that Jaden has open lines of communication with the Ellis team. So we had like, we've had chats going back and forth for a bit now, ever since they like first kind of started building it, which is super exciting. But um, talking about like onboarding, and this is like the bane of the existence of like all Web3 companies, right? Is your distribution is owned by the wallet provider. So like if you want to onboard to Jackal, you got to onboard to Kepler and you got to onboard to Leap. Um, and that that experience is like our total addressable market by using like the self-custodial permissionless on-chain version of Jackal with all like the bells and whistles. You have to be comfortable with crypto wallets. And I know that Marston, he stepped down um, and he's he's listening right now, but he's doing a lot of cool stuff with account abstraction, which is pretty interesting, right? Um, having a way that you can have smart contracts manage your storage account so you can kind of get a lot of different functionality where you can sign in with different things or username and password, stuff like that. Um, that's, super, that's super exciting overall. Um, other thing you said about fiat on ramps. I'm excited for anyone who's ready to like kind of bring USDC native payments or when we start to build these outposts, having the ability to take payment for Jackal storage and other tokens, right? Whether that is Adam, Solana, um, Ethereum, just USDC from Noble, for example, or just have other ways that you can take that, whether it's through an integration with Alice. I'm excited. But Jaden, I know you've been speaking with them directly, so I'd love to kind of give you the mic here. Yeah, just a, a quick update so that we don't leave you hanging on the uh, the second part of your question there, Badger. Uh, the last time we spoke, funny timing, the last time we spoke to Ellis was quite literally 3.30 p.m. yesterday. Uh, so not even 24 hours ago. They're just at, uh, at ETH Denver and they were looking for us. Um, but as soon as they get back, we should be able to connect with them sometime next week. Uh, we've been speaking with them, <laughs> I think, about a year now. So they're a great team. Again, uh, you know, you gave a, a great summary of, of what they do, but um, a great team and, and uh, a product we believe in. So it would be great to partner up with them officially and to get them integrated into the Jackal backend. Roger, great answer. Second, Thank you. Yeah. Did you have a second part to that question that I just completely glossed over? I think you guys uh, covered it pretty well uh, with the on-ramp and then uh, also, you know, you got, you guys have been communicating with love to see a partnership because I think there's a, a lot of synergy that could happen where um, there are things that both uh, both projects need that the other could provide. And that way, you know, you're not building things that someone else is already building, um, which is, of course, one of the major problems in open source. Of course, everyone just ends up, especially especially in Cosmos, right, where everyone's kind of like on their own island, just like uh, just optimizing their user experience and they don't really uh, check out what other people are building. So you can kind of steal it from there and just jam it in your protocol. It's, uh, but outside of that, just integrations with other teams. I know Jaden focuses on that eight hours a day and he's out there just knocking on doors, trying to find new integrations for us, which is just awesome. And they're one of, they're a great team and they're cool guys to begin with. They're awesome to chat with. The, uh, yeah, if anyone has any other questions or if Badger, you, you, if you have another question and you want to ask, feel free. If not. Um, Only a comment. Uh, you guys are really knocking it out of the park lately. Keep it up. Been great. Really happy with you guys. Love being a part of the project. Awesome. I really, I really appreciate that. It's uh, it's 
it's been a it's been a long time coming. I think we're starting to hit we're starting to like taste product market fit, right? And that's crazy thing about deep end projects, right? They're kind of like deep tech, multi-dimensional. You have to like get like five components working seamlessly in harmony before you can get one thing to work. And just the technical debt associated with that is just crazy. But um, I feel like we're just starting to get there. We're starting to taste product market fit. Every metric we have right now is going parabolic, which is awesome to see whether that's terabytes on the system, unique users. Um, obviously, everyone's excited about market cap. But all that stuff, um, I'm just super excited. And I'm excited for V4 as well because the performance enhancements are going to be bananas. It's uh, one day at a time, 1% better every day. That's like what we like to say internally, at least. Outside of that, if anyone has any last questions, feel free to come up. Um, we have about two more minutes here of chatting. If not, uh, we have another product meeting to get to, of course. <laughs> but uh, anyone go in once? going twice all right fellas that's uh that's everything thank you for coming to this town hall and we are going to see you next week it's probably going to be in the discord next week so i will send out everything there so you guys can come hang out and uh, chat about deep tech nerdy stuff as we like to do on our wednesday afternoons other than that thanks for being here thanks for uh thanks for sticking with us and thanks for just kind of listening to the space motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth sit and wonder about the worth and play ring around the rosy while the thunder is served motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless trying to make a Living seven friendship bracelets, dead ends, dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over the impossible loss. It's all Moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap Yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served Trying to figure Figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Beats, tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served.
Spaces.